What's up, y'all? I'm Amber, a.k.a. Ambie, and this is Ambiguity with Ambie, an interview podcast where I speak to guests who have encountered countless spaces and moments of ambiguity and uncertainty to discover and learn from how they navigated it. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, y'all? And welcome to an episode of Ambiguity with Ambie, where we discuss what it's like navigating times of uncertainty and ambiguity. I'm your host, Amber, aka Ambie, and today I am joined by an amazing guest. Ariel is a wife, a mother, entrepreneur, businesswoman, got a regular full-time job. She is just an all-around beast out here in these streets. Ariel, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me, Amber. Thank you for being willing to be on. So I've got an opportunity to talk with you a little bit and get to know you a little bit. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? <laughs> this is always the hard question. Absolutely. Um, like you said, like Ember said, I am a mom. I am a wife. I am a higher educational professional. And I do own two businesses. I don't know. Like, what else can I say about myself? I mean, I'm awesome. Yeah. I love to travel. I love to watch sports. Yeah, all of the good things. That's what's up. That's what's up. So thank you for giving us a glimpse into who you are and what you like. I have another portion of the podcast called Fast Five, where we're going to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So I have to admit to all y'all, like when we talked before, I found out that Ariel likes music. So a lot of these are going to be kind of music focused. So first one, if you have to choose, are you listening to R&B or hip hop and rap? Oh, man. Yeah. I'll say R&B. R&B. Okay. Okay. I can feel it. I can feel it. The vibes like kind of grooving. Yeah. Now, did you watch the Versus series? It's not one of the questions. Just, it's just kind of trying to get some background. Yes, I did. I watched a lot of them. I definitely watched the, what was it? Monica versus Brandy. Oh, my and God. And that is the next question. <laughs> Brandy, you better be on. You better be on. <laughs> That's the next question. When you watched the Versus and you were watching Monica versus Brandy, yes. who did you have? It was tough. Oh, my God. Like. I love Brandy because her vocals are pure. Like she completely gifted, you know, in her field. But then when I listen to Monica, it's like, dang, you have all of this soul and all of these like true things that have happened in life. And that connected it is (laughs) definitely real. So I was in between both of them. I was like bouncing back and forth. And I was like, ooh. (laughs) The boy is my... And I just kept going back and forth. So (laughs) that was a good one. Yeah. So, but you got to choose one in the end. Like, who are you going with? The connection from Monica or the pure vocals? Because I hear a lot of people say that, like, Brandy is like the vocal vibe. I don't know what that means because I'm not in the music space. Mm -hmm. But, like, I hear it all the time. So who you choose in that connection because I think Monica be like talking about the realness and like what's really going on inside. Right. So I would have to go with Brandy because <laughs> she's just a pure artist. And I don't know, like I just feel really good when I be hearing her riffs and her runs. And I don't know, she's going to be in a good headspace because it's not too much, 
and it's not too little. It's like just the right amount. Okay. Okay. So we talked about Monica and Brady. Now we're going to jump to the next generation. Okay. The generation before then. When you were watching the verses, who did you have? Patty LaBelle or Gladys Knight? I definitely had Patty. Okay. No, I'm okay, little not better. Not the Georgia's for you. No, not today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Patrick LaBelle, and I've always loved her just because of her spirit, like her personality mm-hmm. is so yeah. like, she's like the grandma that we all need, that we didn't know we needed. Mm-hmm. You know, like we- Especially we, with the pies. Yes. Especially with the pies. <laughs> now, I'm not even a pie eater, but she's been selling out of those pies over here for sure. Mm-hmm. Years, years, years. Okay, and this may be the hardest question that I've asked thus far, because for most people that are music people, and even people that are not music people, they struggle with this question. Okay, so if you are taking a road trip across the country, and you can only listen to one artist, who are you listening to? Michael Jackson. Oh, that wasn't even hard for you. No, I man, I could. (laughs) But here's the thing. When you're on the road trip, you know, you listen to music and things. You want to know the lyrics. You don't want to be like that. Da, 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 da. No, you want to know this. I, I know for a fact, I know almost every single Michael Jackson song that um, this came out. Yeah. So it's, and it's crazy. It's crazy. So I would definitely say like Michael Jackson and yeah, no, Michael Jackson, not even, like, not even Jackson 5. Like, I don't want to add them in that category yet. Wow. Yeah. That's big. That's big. Yeah. I love Michael Jackson. I can understand it. I can for sure understand it. And as we know, a lot of times when we're making those trips across country, we're taking those road trips, the mm-hmm. traffic is uncertain, yes. the gas situation is uncertain, where am I going to stop to use right. the restroom to get food? So my last question of the Fast Five is, have you ever in your life faced ambiguity or uncertainty? Definitely. Definitely. I feel like most of us have, right? Right. Like, if you haven't faced uncertainty, then you must be living the perfect life or something. Right. Tell me what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Half one of the secret formula. Right. Yeah. Most of us have. Well, I would even dare to say all of us have at some point in time. So for you, can you tell us about a time where you face that ambiguity or uncertainty? Absolutely. I would say when I was in college. So I, <sighs> right. I've always been a I would say anywhere between 3.0 to 4.0 student. Okay. Grades in school has not ever been an issue for me. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to college, you know, my parents are ministers. And so when I got to college, I felt like a free spirit. I was like, there's Mm -hmm. nothing that I can't do (laughs) while I'm six hours away from my parents, right? And so my priorities went from grades and basketball because I did have a scholarship for academics and for athletics to this school. Come on, basketball. Thank you. Thank you. And my priorities got completely, completely messed up during this entire freshman year, right? And mm, I people freshman year too. Yes. And I was going out to the club every single day. 
except Sundays, because I said, I want to give God his day. I will not go to the bank on Sunday. (laughs) So I went Monday through Saturday every night. And see, my schedule was so rigorous that I honestly don't understand how I was able to do it. My schedule every day was we had morning practice. So we'll have a 5 a.m. till about 7.30 basketball practice. I had classes starting at 8. And then I would probably get out of my first like segment or section of classes. I'll be done like around one o'clock. So I will go eat right after I eat. I have a one-on-one with the coach. And that's basically when we have like a one-on-one workout with him. Wow. I would do that. We had that for an hour and then I'll go back to class and I'll go back to lunch and then I'll go to dinner by that time. And after that, it would be practice again for another two to three hours, depending on how the coaches felt. After practice, we had to go to study hall in the library for two hours. So it was 11 o'clock me getting in bed or 11 o'clock me going to the club. Goodness gracious. Yeah. That schedule is crazy. (laughs) Very rigorous, right? Yeah. Like I knew college athletes had a lot. but. That is wow. Yeah. And you were going to the club? Like, how did you even have energy to go to the club after that? I think it was because of the fact that I wanted to experience so much without my parents being there because I was used to being sheltered. And all I knew was revivals, midweek service, Sunday school, children's church. That, That was my life, you know, outside of school. Outside of like my friends were friends that were in the church. I didn't have any like <laughs> right, 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 right. So going they, down were your parents strict? That's a good question. I don't believe that they were strict. Now back then when I was, you know, going through that, I was like, man, what the heck? I can't do nothing. I won't let me go nowhere. <laughs> I'm tired. I want to do something. I want to go hang out with my friends. I want to do all these things that they're doing. And you know, in reality, we're not missing out on anything, but it's just the fact that everybody is doing it. Yeah. And like, here I am. No, you can't have it. It makes it that much more enticing a lot of times. Right. Very much so. And I specifically remember one memory of me and my mom. We were in the vehicle and it was a Thursday night. We had went and picked up some food mm-hmm. and we drove past the recreation facility, which is close by our house, literally in walking distance. We drove past and I looked and I was like, they all at the jump off spot. I see everybody inside. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked my mom, I was like, mom, can I go to the jump off spot? All my friends are there. I started naming the people that were there. She said, you better not ever fix your mouth <laughs> to ask me, can you go to the jump off spot? Oh, I got your jump off spot. Mm. And so I said, you know what? I was just playing anyways. I really didn't want to go. <laughs> And I feel so bad. Yeah, but so that's so interesting because you go from almost like, I don't know if dichotomy is the right word, but you go from almost like these two polar opposites or polar extremes where you are operating in the space of absolute certainty because your parents have put these rules in place and then you get into this new space where everything is ambiguous and uncertain and you are now in a place where you have the ability to make your own decisions. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I think for a lot of us, that sometimes goes well. (laughs) And that sometimes does not. Right. Absolutely. 
So when I got to college, you know, all of that, that I felt like I was missing in those, I wouldn't even say all four years of high school. I would say really just the last two. Yeah. Because that's when I really started, you know, wanting to have a social life outside of church, wanting to have a social life outside of school and things like that. And so speed it up to like the second semester, by the end of the second semester, I had them went to the club uh, over a hundred times, like, like no joke. But my GPA, you saw the results in my GPA. Like my GPA dropped to a 1.56. I will never forget that. Oh, that is academic probation. Yes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. Girl, a what? Uh, how? 1.56. Girl, I guess the clothes was getting to me. And then again, I can't even blame it all on the clothes because I was choosing, picking and mm-hmm. choosing what classes I wanted to go to that I felt like were worth my time. Wow. <laughs> the other classes that I wasn't too fond about, I only went to those on test day. Now, did I pass some of the tests? Yes. I don't know how. It was probably by the grace of God. I'm pretty sure because I don't know how I passed some of those tests. But... The other classes that I actually went to and that I had actually put forth the effort to study and to learn, I passed all of those with A's. So it wasn't that I was dumb. It wasn't that college wasn't for me. It was the simple fact of effort. I didn't apply mm-hmm. myself where I felt like, you know, I didn't have you to. You want to apply to yourself. Right. And so, yeah, like by the end of the year, I had 1.56. We had our evaluations, you know, just like a job, like, People don't realize as a student athlete, it's a job that we literally get paid to do. You know, they give us money for school. And a lot of times that scholarship is a little bit more than what we actually need. Mm. And so at the end of the year, just like a job, we do have end of the year evaluations. This is where the coaches evaluate us how we was at the beginning of the year and see if they had seen any progress. Were we listening to them? Were we attentive? Were we a team player, sportsmanship, all of those types of things? And so I had my eval about an hour. But in a nutshell, the coach was like, you know, we don't want to kick you off the team, but we are going to take your scholarship. Mm. I instantly started crying. Now, mind you, I got a 1.56. We both know that that's academic probation. Yeah, and I don't think you keep your scholarship while you're and on you can't keep you can't keep no scholarship. And what was crazy in Louisiana, we have a thing called TOPS. Mm-hmm. TOPS is you know the statewide financial aid or scholarship assistance, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for the people that live in Louisiana, and you can apply for it. That was removed. Uh huh. And you know TOPS, you can reapply to have it like every year. Right. That was removed. My academic scholarship was removed. My athletic scholarship was removed. At this point, if I would have went back to the school, I would have been paying for it. And it was private university. So, of course, you know that it's more expensive than public. Yeah. So I left out of there. I didn't know what to do. That's when the uncertainty seriously had set up. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to be the trajectory of my life moving forward from here. All of these things... Mm -hmm begin to play out in my head because I was like, what if I just, I wouldn't have went to the club those weeks or what if, like, I was just started thinking back through this entire year. What did I do? Yeah. And so I called my mom. I was crying. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
I lost all of my scholarships. She took my scholarship. I want to come back, but like we would have to pay for it and, and things like that. And she was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. God got you. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, did you it's, expect that from your mom? Or oh, yeah. did you know that already, like when you were calling to say that you like had some, you felt comfort bring her into it or? I don't lie. When I was in the process of about to call her, Mm-hmm. I thought that I was going to get so much judgment and backlash because yeah. my parents, right? My parents always held me to this standard, and it's like you don't want to disappoint your parents, you know, or the people yeah. that take care of you. For sure. And so I was like, how do I tell them that their A student is on like academic probation and flunking out of school at this point? Yeah, like I was one class away. From completely having a zero point whatever GPA. One class. Wow. wow. And so when I had talked to my mom, she said, you know, it's going to be okay. She instantly started looking into other schools that was kind of closer to home. Mm. And so she ended up finding LSU Shreveport. Mm-hmm. And she spoke with the coach. It just so happened that he had just got rid of two post players, two centers. And he needed someone with height. Well, I'm six feet. And slender. Yes. Tall girls need love too. Absolutely. Let's go. I'm short as ever. But let's (laughs) go. Yes. So she spoke with him and I went over there. I tried out. And I'm telling you, again, I always give credit to God because there's no way I should have gotten an, another athletic scholarship when I left a university mm. with a 1.56. Wow. So I have a follow-up question, kind of just bouncing back to what you were previously stating. When you found yourself in this space or that space of ambiguity and uncertainty, you're flunking out of school. Mm-hmm. How did you know who to turn to in the midst of that? How did you figure out who, yeah, how did you figure out who to turn to or who you could turn to in the midst of your ambiguity and uncertainty? I would probably say I knew that if no one else had my back, mm-hmm. that my mom and my dad did for sure. And I knew that although I had made a mistake, mm-hmm. that she was going to find a way to get me back on track. Wow. And I guess it kind of gives a little glimpse into the relationship that me and my mom has. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only girl. I have two older brothers and then, you know, I'm the youngest. And so okay. my parents did not go to college. Both of my brothers started college and didn't finish. So it was so much stuff in my head. Like, I got to make these goals and I got to go further than what any of my family members did because yeah. this is what I have to do. Even on my mom's side of her family, not a lot of people finished in college. Or if they finished in college, they had babies before they were able to finish college. Yeah. And so it was just, you know, thinking about all those family dynamics. And I knew my mom understood. She knew my goals. Like her and my dad both traveled on the road with me countless times to different cities to get me to this point where I'm at. So now we're back at square one. What do I do? I call my mom because we already went through this process before. We just going mm. through it again at this point. And I knew that, you know, she doesn't mind calling around. So I knew that 
she would go to bat for me, just like she said. And she was just like, look, just worry about finishing out the rest of the year at school. I got you. It's going to be okay. And it's something about every time my mom calls me baby girl, I like break down. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, baby girl. Like, don't worry about it. So, yeah, I was like, that's my rock. Wow. So what advice would you have to someone that's in the midst of trying to navigate the situation and maybe they're trying to figure out who they can call or where they can turn in their space of uncertainty? Maybe it's a similar uncertainty or maybe it's something a little different. What advice would you have for them in the space of trying to kind of figure it out or find someone to help them navigate? I definitely would say it's stressful, right? To go through ambiguity. And it's like, you want to be happy. You want to have faith that you're going to get through these things, but it's hard. And so I would say always stay connected mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And what I mean by that is mentally stay connected because the brain is going to tell our bodies how to feel, right? Our brain is going to tell our bodies when to move, just like I'm moving my finger down or, well, of course, like no one can see that, but I'm moving my <laughs> finger down as I'm yeah. saying it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so my brain is telling my finger to do that. Now, it's not screaming out loud, move her finger. No, it's not doing that. It's just right. so the communication. Mm-hmm. And just like our brain has that communication through our body, we got to have that communication with ourselves, with everyone else. And understand that it's going to be okay. You're not the first person to go through it. Mm -hmm. And when it comes, right, we think that we're in it alone. Mm -hmm. But everybody goes through something similar, right? And so when it comes to finding that person that you can turn to in the midst of those times, think about those friends that you know for a fact has your back if the ball or the dime was to drop today. Yeah, That person that you know that no matter what, I can go to them because I don't have any judgment from them. Mm-hmm. They know that I'm human and I can make mistakes. But are you going to help me out of it? And if your friends are not doing those things, then maybe you need to reconsider who's in your circle. Because we need to uplift one another. Why would I want to call on someone that I know is already filled with negativity? Mm-hmm. Right? Why would I want to call on someone that I know that if I tell them what I'm going through right now, I know my business will be in the streets by the next day. Yeah. You don't want to do that, right? And then the second thing I would say is be proactive. I've always been a person that I try my best to have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. If plan A doesn't work, okay, now we're at B. Mm. B doesn't work, now we're at C. Now, once I get to C, Mm-hmm. We're back at square one now. We have to rethink all of my options at this point again. Yeah. Same thing with dealing with uncertainty. Now, true enough, we don't know the future, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen as soon as we get off of this call. Absolutely. But we plan for mm-hmm. what we think is going to happen. So plan for those uncertain times, Ooh. right? It's good. Right. You want to be ahead of the game. You don't want to be in the present of the game and you don't want to be the game then end it and now you're like dang well I should have could have would have right 
it doesn't mean anything now. Just leave it alone. Right? So definitely stay connected. Be proactive. And stay curious. Ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. I like a lot of people say that I'm the person that I don't meet a stranger and I don't. I don't mind asking questions. And sometimes the questions may be dumb, but they may only sound dumb to you, not to the other person. Uh, Yeah. Right. So, yeah, to sum it up, I would say stay connected, Mm -hmm. be proactive and stay curious. Such good advice. Such good advice. So we left off in the story where you would basically work through how you were just talking about plan A, plan B, and plan C. And now your mom has this other plan and is making these phone calls. Mm -hmm. So what was it like kind of relinquishing that to her? It was a release. And again, that's all about knowing who's supportive in your circle. And I was comfortable because I just, I trusted and I just knew for a fact that she was going to get it done while I try to finish out my school year here. By the end of that week, my mom had made contact with several coaches. She already said, okay, when it comes to you moving back, this is what we're doing. When you come home for the summer, this is what you're going to be doing. And we're going to get you back on track. And that was that. And I said, okay. I said, well, what do you need me to do? She said, I just need you to focus on finishing out the rest of this semester. And then we're going to get you packed up and come on back home. And by the time August came, well, as a matter of fact, let me rewind. After I finished trying out for that coach that day, I signed the papers with that school that same day. I mm-hmm. took my tour around the dorms, the, the college apartments. Me and my mom went driving around the city just to kind of get acclimated with things like how far would I have to drive to go to the store or would I could I walk all of those things and it worked out Mm. it worked out (laughs) wow 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 that's amazing yes yes that's amazing so you were able to figure out how to navigate that ambiguity and uncertainty with Mm -hmm. the assistance of someone in your community, in your case, it happened to be your mom, but someone in your community that truly had your best interests at heart, that right. was willing to go kind of above and beyond for you mm-hmm. in that space. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So I know how the story ends because I got the opportunity to read your bio, but can you let the audience know, like, as you continue to navigate these realms of ambiguity and uncertainty, especially as it related to school. Can you Mm -hmm. just kind of give the audience a cue or an idea of how the story ended? So my fairy tale. (laughs) (laughs) So in August of that year, I started playing basketball there. I started, you know, going to my classes. I was going to all of my classes. I was doing my classes online, like just a total change in my mindset, which is why it's important to stay connected with your mental and feel those emotions. It's okay to cry. I don't care if you're a man, a woman, a goat, a dog, a cat, a rat. Come on. It's okay to cry. It's okay to not be okay. So, Ah. and you know, 
after that, I finished college there. I got my bachelor's degree from there. Um, I also, again, I played basketball for the rest of the term, like all three years. And from there, I started coaching there, like right after I started pursuing my master's. I got my master's. Um, So can we just take a pause right there really quickly and talk about the space of ambiguity of an, an uncertainty that came with a 1.56 and the fact that at the end of the process, like you saw yourself through the process, mm-hmm. got through that season mm-hmm. and ended up getting a graduate degree. So you went from a 1.5 in undergrad mm-hmm. to a graduate degree. So many people yeah. write themselves off. Mm-hmm. In, because they find themselves in this finite situation where so much is ambiguous and uncertain. Right. But sometimes all you have to do is just keep moving forward. Yeah, just keep moving forward. And <laughs> what was even more crazy about everything is that with my bachelor's degree, of course, like they always used to say when we were in school, and the teachers are probably still saying it now, it's so easy to lower your GPA in just one letter grade and it's hard to build it back up so i had so now keep in mind it was a 1.56 my freshman year and even three years of me going to all my classes not making anything lower than a c by the time i graduated my gpa was a Mm 2.41 for my bachelor's now speed it up we're in graduate school and i graduate there again with a 3.5 GPA. Come on. No, it's like, Come keep on. pushing. Keep yeah. finishing. You know, it's a hump in the road. And I feel like that time right there was the perfect time for me to, how can I say, figure out if that moment was going to make me mm-hmm. or would it break me? Mm-hmm. Would I learn from this mistake or would I repeat the same thing when I go to this different school? Wow. Right? Do the same thing in the previous season. Mm-hmm. Or will you choose to do something new in this? Yes. yes. And we're faced with that, you know, more times than we like to even <laughs> agree to. Come on. Come but on. I always like to tell the students that I meet with uh, at the university that I work for, you determine how your life can go. And what I mean by that is God already knows the trajectory of our life. He knew that I was going to go to school and my GPA was going to be 1.56. Why? Because it's the path that I had to go through. This is what I had to go through to get to where I am. Right? And it's so crazy because even after I coached at the same university that I graduated from, and I stopped coaching because I got pregnant and we had our daughter. So we moved to Tampa for a year. I come back. And that's when I get the job at the same school wow. that gave me that second chance. And so now a lot of the professors, you know, that taught me, these are now my colleagues. Wow. Right? And so it's crazy. <laughs> that is like it even. Oh, my goodness. Like so much is coming to mind. Like as you continue to tell your story, because even beyond the 1.56 and everything you even mentioned kind of like that expectation and 
how you had felt with your family and kind of the goal of being the first and then getting to school, having this kind of detour placed before you. So I can only imagine what that felt like in terms of your expectations. And a lot of times when we find ourselves in spaces of ambiguity and uncertainty, a lot of times that those spaces come with broken expectations. Mm -hmm. So you work through building yourself back up and picking yourself back up with these broken expectations and still said to yourself that I am going to be dedicated to this thing and not just went on to be the first one to get that bachelor's, but also continued on to get that graduate degree. Like, girls. (laughs) And it just, the whole concept of redemption, which I don't even think we have the time to touch on. (laughs) Right? Like, the whole concept of redemption, especially in the fruit that comes out of the ambiguous and uncertain seasons. Absolutely. Good. Uh, so good. <laughs> this has been so 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 good like your story is just so amazing and i so appreciate your willingness to even share it man before we get out of this call or recording do you have any final advice for myself or anyone else facing ambiguity and actually before I even go there was there anything else that you wanted to share oh no no I don't I don't believe so okay yeah I think I'm good okay (laughs) (laughs) like you guys can't see me but my arms are falling they're everywhere they're everywhere she's about to fly away at this point I'm about to (laughs) she said she likes having the veil I'm giving her some petty man (laughs) <laughs> that was, no, it was so good. So, okay, cool. If you don't have anything else to share, because I wanted to make sure you got everything out that you wanted to get out. So yes. what final advice would you have for myself or anyone else facing ambiguity or uncertainty in their life? I would say keep pushing. Don't stay focused on the present situation. Mm-hmm. I like to believe that everything works in seasons. So you have to trust the process. Trust the process and just understand that whatever it is you're going through, it's only temporary. And again, you make the decision on either I'm going to go with A Mm. or I'm going to go this way and I'm going to go with B and stick with it. You know, live life with no regrets and always mentally, just mentally be grounded. Whatever you need to do, if you need to scream to get through that situation, if you need to pray to get through that situation, if you need to, Talk to a counselor, a therapist, whatever the case may be. Or again, listen to a good Michael Jackson song that's going to get you in the mood. (laughs) Do whatever it takes to stay connected. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Moonwalking across the living room. (laughs) Oh, yes. I think that's what I would say. And again, just stay connected, stay proactive, and stay curious. Mm, That is so good. Well, I want to thank you so, so, so much 
for your willingness to be a part of the podcast. I said it to you before we started recording, and I'll say it again while we are recording. I truly believe that there are some people on the other side of this that needs those reminders. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if there's anyone that wants to learn more, possibly connect with you, maybe get even more amazing advice, can you tell the people where they can find you? Yes. My Facebook is Ariel S. Owens. Then my Instagram is, again, Ariel S. Owens. And also my TikTok is A. Owens 313. You can find the links are in my bios. If you just click that, you'll see my link tree pull up and it will literally have all of the links to where you can find me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much again for blessing us with your time. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's amazing. Yes. Yes, I agree. And you are so appreciated for making it as amazing as it was. And I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen. And this week, I want to remind you to trust the process when you are finding yourself in spaces of ambiguity and uncertainty, as our amazing guest reminded us, be sure to trust the process. This has been another episode of Ambiguity with Ambie. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ambiguity with Andy. I'm your host, Amber Latrice, and I hope you enjoyed our discussion about navigating the uncertain and ambiguous parts of life. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. And if you'd like to help support the podcast, please be sure to share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at I am Amber Latrice. Thanks again. And until we connect next time, I encourage you to embrace the uncertain and ambiguous moments of life. Talk to you next time on Ambiguity with Ambie.